0: Hi, it's Anne-Marie and welcome back to another episode of Women and Leadership Podcast brought to you by the InfluenceAlliance.com, the business building community for coaches and consultants who want to make a much bigger impact in the world with their message. Now, my guest today says: if you won't say it to someone else, stop saying it to yourself be kind to the person in the mirror. So agree. Joining me on today's show is Jeannie Sisko-Meth. Now, she is a two-time best-selling author, a professional speaker, an educator, and parent. And she shares scientifically proven systems for improving communication and decreasing conflict. Now, she's written many magazine articles. She's been quoted in Forbes. And she was also a contributor for The Blaze. She's been a guest on radio stations around the world and she's appeared on TV for ABC4, Free Speech TV, as well as others. And she's also a former member of the military, and Jeannie had the honour of being sent to OCS. Now, this leadership training helped her in many ways, from starting three very successful businesses to training staff and mentoring others with startups as well as staffing issues. Now, on today's show, Jeannie is going to share how important it is to start the day with gratitude. She's going to talk about exercising and moving our bodies as vitally important to growth and creation, as well as the things in nature that can help us heal physically and mentally. Welcome to the show, Jeannie. Thank you, Anne-Marie, for having me here. I really appreciate it. You are so welcome. I'm so looking forward to this particular topic because, you know, with your very extensive background, many of the things that I'm sure you were using then is so applicable now, particularly when we see what's happening in in the world. Here in Melbourne, we're just coming out of our fourth lockdown. And you can imagine for businesses, for leaders in corporate, it has been and continues to be fast changing very complex situation before we dive into all of the good stuff you want to share share a little bit about your background and how kind of led you down the path to where you're sharing this topic today
1: mm. thank you for so much for asking it was it's been a crazy ride i'll tell you that In elementary school, I was told I was too stupid, that I would never make it through school. And I had so many learning disabilities that what they predicted absolutely could have been true. But because of my stubbornness, (laughs) my tenacity, whatever you want to call it, I was like, no, you don't decide, I decide. And so I decided that the best revenge was success. And I started doing everything I could, not only to pass school, but to further my life and go further. And so I learned some very important skills to help me. And so I took those into the classroom as a high school teacher. And I developed a program there to help my students because I worked at an alternative high, which means kids who are involved in gangs or, you know, they're not, they don't make good decisions. We'll just say that. Good kids, bad decisions. And I realized that they needed a lot more than just some of the normal types of training. So I took out my core, you know, my subjects, that the state says you have to teach these, and I dug deep and I found out the things that I could really help them with, goal setting, problem solving. You know, all of those things were in my core, it was just a lot of people weren't touching on them. So I developed a program to help them on a, on a deep level, not just that, you know, just that mile wide, inch, inch deep. I wanted to help them change their life. And from that came the Bullyproofing You program. And it really does start inside our own mind. And and as we carry that forward, then we're able to change our lives and give other people permission to change theirs as well.
0: Absolutely. You know, hearing uh, you share your story, and thank you for that. I mean, how many people are struggling today because of something someone said to them, a label that they've put on them? And, you know, as adults now, we know that, you know, that saying, words will never harm me, which is a load of BS, really, because... We can let words impact us if we're not careful. And how many children at school have had something spoken over them and the skills that you then went on to teach your young children are so important. In fact, I would say if they're not taught that all of those life skills, why as, you know, educators, if you will, all of the other stuff will just not really make the impact that we're hoping to make in the lives of these young people. If someone is listening today, Jeannie, and maybe whatever age they're at, they have had someone speak something over them, which has
1: become a burden, a block, what would you say? I would say peel that label off and stick one on that you want. We have an activity when we do live trainings where we actually put labels on that people have stuck on us. And then you decide which ones do you want to keep? Which ones do you want to pull off? Just like words, so words create whether it's bad creation or good creation. So I'm very careful about the words I think and the words I speak over myself because I create myself. The problem is, is that people are allowing other people to create them with their words. No, peel those labels off, choose the labels that you want on you and then start speaking them into your reality every day. Yeah. Something else that you
0: said, and I want to just re-emphasise this, because for some people, this in in itself as well is going to be an insight, and that is we are not our behaviour. And there's two good there's two good things from that. Number one, we have the choice to change our behaviour. However, if we continue to perpetuate a particular behaviour, it is going to get us, the you know, a result. So we get to choose what result that is. So at the moment, if it's a negative result, well, guess what? Let's have a look at that behaviour. Speak nice. a little bit about that because many people, we're labelling others because of that behaviour, you're so this, you're so that. We need to stop doing that too, don't we?
1: Well, I used to tell my students, and I I still go by this. Um, I left the, the classroom in 2012, and I still hold this dear to my heart. But I told my students, if somebody calls you something once, you can ignore it. If somebody calls you something twice, maybe three times, you might want to start looking at your behavior and seeing where they're getting that idea And so then I look at myself and say, "Okay, is this a label that I want or is this a label that I want to change? And I start looking at how I dress because as people, as humans, we need to label things. That's how we classify things. And so if I'm getting labeled as something I don't want to be labeled as, maybe I need to change something that is incongruent with who I think I am.
0: So true. And, you know, one of the things that you will often do is as leaders, and we need to be mindful of that, if you've got a team member that uh, maybe is late to meetings and they're told that, well, let's look at the behaviour and let's see if we can change that. But we can. Oh, that person's this and that person's that. And I think as leaders, we need to be very mindful about what we share. However, the good news is that we can change that. It, it, it may take a little bit of time because, let's face it, habits and behaviours take time to develop <laughs> (laughs) and so do good ones, but it certainly is worth it. I know it certainly is worth it. One of the things that I mentioned in the uh, introduction was that your proven system also helps improve communication that's certainly something we dove dive into but also decreasing conflict tell us a little bit more about this because you know I think conflict can often come because of miscommunication and often we think of communication from through the lens of well I'm right you're wrong but sometimes We can both have our own versions of whatever it may be true for us and coming together to say, well, look, we may not agree because we have different values, but it doesn't
1: mean that we need to cause a conflict. Share a little bit about this, if you would. Yeah, I absolutely agree with it. I think that in many societies, we have lost the ability to disagree and still be friends. And I think we need to get back to that. And there are three parts to communication as I see it. There's a sender and a receiver, and then there's understanding. And a lot of people forget about the understanding part. And I'll I'll relay a short story. My daughter and I, we were in the kitchen. This was a few years ago. And I said something to her. I wish I could remember what I said. It was not mean. It was not vindictive or anything. I said something to her. But by the look on her face, I knew she heard something different than what I said. We all have our own experiences. We all have our own filters that we filter everything that comes into us. And so I immediately said, okay. You heard something I didn't say. What did you hear? And so we need to take time. I, as the sender of the message, needs to make sure that the receiver is hearing what I'm saying. And a lot of times we don't do that. We immediately get defensive. We throw the walls up. We start blaming, pointing fingers, and labeling people when we don't even know if they're that way or not. And so I, my request is, Hey, bring the walls down, start looking for understanding and, and share love with just love. Yeah. <laughs> love gets us a long ways. Yeah, you know,
0: and it's so interesting that you said this because I think now is a time where there are so many decisions that um, leaders need to make, you know, government leaders, business leaders, even if you're running your small business, decisions that are upon us all the time. And the decisions that you may make that's right for you and where you're at may be very different from decisions that others will make. But what I've seen, and this is something that you've spoken into as well, it's almost like we cannot even have the word empathy is not what I'm thinking of but just an understanding that just because someone doesn't agree or has the same viewpoint as you that there you need to get angry at them or try and convince them or there they comes to name calling and so forth what would be the first step forward from that because what you've just explained love that however if people immediately get to they go from you know speaking to all of a sudden really aggravated, we need to slow that down. But what what would you say to someone that may be having kind of those conversations that all of a sudden escalate? What are some steps they can take other than obviously getting out of there? Because if there's some online conversations, you know, you're just not going to get anywhere. And, you know, but what are some other strategies that we can use? Because this is so important now to be able to navigate through to get a win-win-win for everyone.
1: Yeah. One of the things that I always do is I ask a question. I think it's very powerful. And I will ask myself, why would a reasonable, rational adult behave this way? or say these things, whatever's happening. What that does is it helps me, first of all, go to empathy and understanding, seek to understand, right? And then I start thinking, okay, what is it that could be causing them to behave this way? And it helps me understand them more. And it helps me ask questions, which can lead to understanding on both parts. And I think that's really valuable. So just a question, an internal question of why would a reasonable, rational adult behave this way? And that really helps a lot.
0: Yeah, that saying, uh, don't judge someone until you've walked in their shoes is so true isn't it i remember uh once speaking to um i think it was a a gentleman who had shared they tried something new within their workplace this was quite some years ago and it was really effective in fact surprisingly so and that was that when a small team was working together one of the things that they were encouraged to do they didn't have to but was encouraged to, to share one significant event that had happened to them that they believed continu- that shaped them and maybe even continued to direct some of the decisions and so forth that they made. And I'd, and there were men and women around the table and the men were were very open as well. And the appreciation that each temp, team member got for the other person, so in other words, people who were labelled as being very... And very pushy and very micromanaged. The reason was because they lost their parents in war and they wanted to keep things close. They cared about them, but and that's the way they expressed. There was a whole new level of understanding yeah. and appreciation, as you say, compassion and empathy through that. So I love that question that yeah. you've just asked. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that that understanding of why. Why? You know, and it opens up the door, brings down the walls, open up the door for understanding. Because when I understand your story, I can understand your behavior. Because we all have these minimized programs, you know, these things that live in our subconscious that run us from experiences when we were six-year-old. And I ask my clients all the time, do you really want a six-year-old running your finances or your relationship? Or, you know, do you really want your six-year-old to parent your kids today? And so we've got to learn how to go back to those past experiences that hurt us. I call them yuck berries. You know, we have this experience and then then we build this emotion or this belief around it and we tuck it somewhere and we let it run our life. Well, hey, let's pull those yuck berries out, look at them and go, oh, now I understand better. And so now I'm dealing with my life as a 20, 30, 40, 50 year old instead of a six year old. And I think that is so important that we revisit some of those things and those stories that we've been telling ourselves.
0: Yeah so so true and what it does too is it eliminates the need for for some of us who may feel I need to to get out of that knowing that I I won I I got on top but actually if if there is a win-lose you both end up losing at the end of the day and I think when we um look at it from that point of view that we can be more curious and open say interesting I notice that that's something that um yeah as you said that beautiful question that you asked your daughter water if we model that you just don't know it may open up an opportunity to be able to have that awareness that you can say even say look I've never been through that uh, so I don't understand where you're at but I can see that that really has some some real meaning to you so let's see what best way that we can move forward for both parties I think that that's a much better uh, way mm-hmm. forward so now that um, we've spoken about that thank you because I think communication especially with different sorts of people I mean if we are all the same as one another how boring would that be I mean sometimes a little bit of that toing and froing and and you learn things don't you and um, you may come out going well I never even realized that and so there's some learnings there for me but you say one of the most important things to do in your day is to start it with gratitude I think this is so important share a little bit more about this please
1: So, when I wake up first thing in the morning, I say a prayer and I say, Thank you, Lord, for another day to be the person you created me to be, the person you see in me. And then I just start thanking him for all of the things. And, you know, I I thank him for the fact that I'm alive. I thank him for the fact that I have a nice warm house that this time of year for me has air conditioning. Your time of year has a heater in it, (laughs) right? And Mm -hmm. I absolutely. I'm grateful for for the birds and the trees and the you know my house, my car, and all of those things. And when I start my day that way, it allows me to start off with a feeling of expectancy and hope and love and caring and and inclusion. Yes. Whereas if I wake up and I stub my toe and I get soap in my eye while I'm in the shower, you know, then I start off with a crunchy day. I take that crunch throughout the day and I spread it. You see, who I am makes a difference. And I get to decide whether that's a positive or a negative difference. And it starts with my attitude. And so if I can carry that attitude of gratitude or that attitude of positivity, then I can share a smile with people instead of a grumpy, crunchy face. And I think that is so important for us because this world needs more love. This world needs. More connection. It certainly does,
0: and you know sometimes um, we start off our day and we look at our task list and it's full, and we start, and then all of a sudden we realize something happens. We think, "Oh, I haven't started uh, with the gratitude." The beautiful thing is that we can throw, you know, show gratitude all throughout the day as well. I mean, it's very important how we start the day for sure. Now, share a little bit, Jeannie, how. Is that something that you just intentionally did or did? And why I'm asking that is so often, we, yeah, I'll get to that. I'll do that. I know. I, and, and Jeannie's probably not the first person who said that. <laughs> but really, we have to take the time to diarize that because otherwise our diary fills. So was it something that you'd always done or something that you had to intentionally <laughs> do to get into the habit of, of having that gratitude at the beginning of the day? Yeah.
1: So I liken my life to a vehicle. I was a driver's ed teacher for a lot of years. And I like to think of getting a hold of my mind, just like I get a hold of the steering wheel in my car. And if Mm -hmm. I let go of the steering wheel in my Porsche, I'm going to wind up in the ditch or a Pinto or whatever you're driving. If you let go of the steering wheel, you're not going to go where you want. It's the same thing with my mind. And so in the morning, I grab a hold of the steering wheel and I say, this is where I'm going today. That's my goal. That's where I'm going. Human nature is, oh my gosh, it's cold out here. I don't want to get up or, oh my gosh, I, you know, I'm tired or whatever. That, if I allow my brain to run me into the ditch, how am I ever going to get to my goal? And so I, Tell my mind where to go. You know, I had to teach myself how to tie my shoes. I'd teach myself how to feed me, you know, all of those things. I've had to train my mind to do all those things. Why wouldn't I train it how to be positive? Why wouldn't I train it how to seek out the knowledge and this tools and the skills that I need to create whatever it is that I want to create? And so get your hands on the steering wheel of your life. That's your mind. So true
0: set that intention, grab hold of that steering wheel. Um, Love that. So exercise and moving our bodies is vitally important to growth and creation. Share a little bit more
1: about this, Jeannie. So I'm a big person. I'm six foot tall and I was six foot tall by the eighth grade. And so I went through, you know, junior high, high school. There was only one person taller than me in high school and that was one of the teachers. And so I was a little bit awkward clear up into, well, okay, probably the whole time through school, I was probably, I'm still awkward. Who am I kidding? Right. And, and I had to learn how to, Um, Be appreciative of my body instead of condemning it or being mad at it or saying mean things to it. And I had to learn how to go, Hey, I like me. And part of that is moving my body. So I've taken a few aerobics classes. I was a PE teacher and a a fitness trainer for quite some time. Well, it takes me longer to extend my arms than it does the cute little gymnast teacher in the front of the room, right? So Mm -hmm. I took that personal and then as I started learning physics and how levers and all of those things work, I started going, wait a minute. It's not that there's something wrong with me, it's something that her and I are different. And so I started learning how to use my body to my advantage. And so I dance and I lift weights and I go for walks and I rub lotion on my arm and I go, check out that sexy arm, baby, you know, and. The other, the other day, a few months ago, I was doing that and my husband yells from the, from the bathroom or the other room. He's like, yes, it is. And I was like, yes, I love that. (laughs) So I think sometimes as women, we're so hard on ourselves. You know, oh, I got another wrinkle. Oh no. Oh, I've got, and I'm like, I'm glad I'm this age because the alternative is guess what? I'm dead. I don't want to be dead. I got a lot of living to do. And so I celebrate each day. I celebrate birthdays. I celebrate those things because I'm still alive and I still have an opportunity to make my dreams come true. And believe me, I got some big, hairy, (laughs) audacious goals. I'm just saying. (laughs) I love that. And it is so true. You are so right because
0: as you were sharing that, I'm thinking, oh, I'd love to be tall because I'm only five foot uh, four. (laughs) And, and, you know, I've, uh, all of my family, in fact, all of my daughters are even, I'm I'm like this, you know. So, And, and it's true, but it doesn't matter what size we are, what colour hair we are, what age we are. And I think even men can relate to this as, as well. But women in particular, uh, we are really hard on ourselves. But once we get comfortable in our own skin, there's nothing more confident, isn't there? And right. Uh, let's be that uh, for others as, as well because I'm sure you now go through your day and you notice a difference. I would imagine a spring in your step because there isn't this hot weight of just things that you're saying to yourself. You know, our thoughts can really impact, as you said so beautifully, in one of your other um, answers to to some of the things we have talking about. What you say to yourself uh mm-hmm. An impact how you show up, how you feel, and it's uh, really important to continue, take hold of that wheel and, mm-hmm. and continue to direct that in the right way. So what I love about what you've said around um, healing physically and mentally, that things in nature can help us do that. How has that become apparent for you in your life and how can we learn some of those insights
1: today? So I grew up on a dairy farm and I loved spending time with my horse out in nature. Now I live in the city, you know, Hey, we've got some trees and stuff. I love to go out there. And, but, The Lord knew what he was doing when he created trees and plants and all of that. They really do help us heal. And there's tons of science behind it now as well. Now, I can't always get out in nature. I spend some time in my office with speaking engagements, mentoring clients, things like that. And so I bring nature to me (laughs) through the beauty of doTERRA essential oils because it's incredible and I won't, won't take time to go into all that, but I love the smell of pine trees. I grew up in Washington, and so I have a little diffuser here in my office. I'll put a little drop of Siberian fir or black spruce or balsam fir or whatever, and all of a sudden, I'm surrounded by the forest again, and I can close my eyes and just relax and feel it in my heart, the connectedness of all of us. And that just lets me know that I'm not alone. Because so often, especially this last year, we've been so um, so cloistered or isolated or removed from people that we love, things that we love. And it can be very easy to feel like I'm all alone. And then I start thinking, well, were all my thoughts good? You know, and I have all these, these negative thoughts so I invite people to start, you know, respecting yourself more and coach yourself. Think of your best friend. If your best friend came up to you and said what you're saying to yourself, what would you say to them? And say that to yourself instead of the negative stuff. We're so oh. critical of ourselves.
0: Ah, oh, we sure are. You know, and something you just said, it prompted me to... Uh, go back to a piece of the conversation where you're talking about labels and we need to be mindful of the things that we say to ourselves and we say to others. And at the moment when you think of no matter which country you're in, every single one of us has gone through something challenging. Some people are still going in and out out of that. We're just coming out of our fourth lockdown. But one of the things that I think is so important too is often not to look at what other people are doing. We know that that's important, but also in the terms of how we cope with things and, and be mindful in how we treat others around us because maybe you've been able to bounce back, but it's taking them longer. And the worst thing that we can do for someone is to say, pick yourself up, you know, keep going, you know, that kind of thing, when they may be struggling because just because it's taking them longer doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with that. It just means that they need a little bit more time. But also for us ourselves, not to compare ourselves if it is taking us longer and feeling Ashamed, you know. Now's the time to 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 say, look, I am struggling. I need support, and and get that support and the surround, you know, surrounding you. Can you speak a little bit into that? Because I think this beautifully um, relates to to that as well. Yes.
1: Yeah. Shaming never did anything productive at all either self-shame or somebody else's shame, it does not help. It is a diminishing feeling. You know, when I feel shame, I feel smaller. I shrink. I feel bad. And it makes me vulnerable to make bad decisions. But if I feel empowered or if somebody's standing next to me saying, hey, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. Um, you know take the next step no matter how scary it is take the next step you've got this i believe in you mm-hmm. then i i did that when i was in high school i was really struggling and i had a coach a basketball coach that believed in me more than i believed in me and because of his belief he helped me overcome my unbelief and i feel so grateful for that we all have people around us that believe in us and support us the problem is is that many times we're listening to to the voice that is not supportive, that is not believe in us. And we believe we choose to believe that voice over the supportive voice. And so I think it's very important to realize that I choose the voices and the influences in my life. And so if you don't have a supportive spouse or a supportive parent or whatever, it's okay. Go to the library and get a book on Nick Vujicic. No arms, no legs, no limits, right? I mean, oh my gosh, what an incredible young man, incredible, incredible ministry. And how did he do it? By changing what he was seeing and changing what he believed, grabbing a hold of that steering wheel, right? We have so many examples of people who have been through horrible, horrible times and have risen above. Why? Because we don't make books and movies about people who don't rise above. And so there are tons of examples that we can look at and follow. And, you know, I used to think, so um, I've been through some pretty hard times myself and, you know, some fear and faith, both are a choice, right? What am I choosing, fear or faith? And there's a part of, of town here where there's a lot of homeless people. And I was like a hair's breadth away from being homeless. And I remember driving downtown and being so grateful that I wasn't on the street that I still had, no matter how much I did not like my apartment, I was grateful for it because I had it and I wasn't on the street with my little girl. And then when I'd start feeling complacent, like, Hey, I got food in the cupboard. I'm okay. Then I would go drive up, you know, to the, where the million dollar homes were up on Capitol Hill and I'd go, okay, if they can do it, I can do it. How did they do that? And I started studying the people that I wanted to be like, And I started doing the things that they did. And it starts with my thoughts because thoughts are things. Yeah, so true.
0: So true. You know, and often we can change behaviour and that's important to do that because our behaviour will impact the outcome that we get. However, if we look at, well, what are the beliefs that's driving our thoughts and we change that, then that's going to impact everything, isn't it? And it's one step at a time, one step at a time. I think that's something that we often do as well as we put ourselves, the expectations on ourselves. All right, I'm going to make a change. Fantastic. And it would be great if it was overnight. Some changes will will be those overnighters. However, it's often the ones that take a little bit longer that will have the best results because it is worth it. It certainly is worth it, isn't it? Jeannie, I've loved today's conversation. How can people find
1: out more about you, your work, how best to connect with you? So the beautiful thing is I am the only Cisco math on the internet. So I'm really easy to find. I'd also love to invite your listeners to go to my home study course, which is called bullyproofingyoubook.com. And you'll get a physical copy of my book. You'll get a digital copy of my book. There's videos for every single chapter. There's a workbook. There's bonus videos. You know, if I have a toddler, what do I say to my toddler? What do I say to my teen who's being bullied? And, you know, so there's this whole package that can really help you immerse yourself, which starts that ripple effect and the trajectory. Because one time, one touch doesn't change. But a change that uh, touch that's repeated over and over or a thought that's repeated over and over will start to dominate our life. And so I would love for you to connect with me on social media or bullyproofingyoubook.com. Oh, that's such
0: a, an important resource, particularly you hear in, in uh, you know the young people now, of course, being far more online and the bullying that happens, not just in the classroom and in the schoolyard, but online as well. And I think as parents, uh, we want to make sure that we equip our youngsters, and even those that may be a little bit older and still struggling from yeah. some of the bullying that they've gone through, they you don't want to bring that into adulthood to be able no. to heal and and deal with that. I think is so very important. Right. So, share one more time the best way to to get access uh, to that wonderful resource, BullyproofingYouBook.com. dot com. Terrific. Well, thanks once again for coming on the show. It's been absolute delight speaking with you today, wow. Jeanie. I have
1: thoroughly enjoyed it. Thank you so much. This podcast is brought to you by the influencealliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.TheInfluenceAlliance.com slash podcast series. That's the influencealliance.com slash podcast
0: series.